Week 11 is in the books and the postseason nearly beckon. Rams, the Saints and Chiefs are nearly there, most people rightly reckon. The Rams and Chiefs had an epic with over a thousand yards. Even the shitty Raiders won, although against Arizona cards. Big Ben rescues a Steelers win after a first half that is tragic. Still less INTs than Mahomes and don't even mention Fitzmagic. Alex Smith got leg knack and caused the return of butt fumble. Titans beat Patriots last week, but against Lux Colts they weakly crumble. Lamar Jackson makes his first start. He doesn't pass much, but he's fast. So sit back, relax and enjoy the Bill Belichick's World podcast. Hello, welcome to another Bill Belichick's World podcast. My name is Johnny Fresh, and I've returned to my hosting throne where I belong. Uh, before we start, uh, you, I, I need to ask you to follow us on Twitter at Belichick's World, on the Facebook at Bill Belichick's World Podcast, and of course our website www.billbelichick'sworld.com. Interact with us, uh, leave a review on iTunes, and to help shape the show. Uh, and, you know, we don't have many friends, so please... Uh, come come say hello and help us flourish. Uh, joining me in the doghouse today is Jimmy G, Fourth and Inches, Gilo and Griff. And do we have some action to get into? So whether you're listening out for the downfall of Aaron Rodgers, the destruction of Aaron Smith, Alex Smith, or the triumphant return of Trubisky and Co., we have everything covered. So with that in mind, Fourth and Inches, uh, the results of Roundup, if you'd be so kind. Thursday Night Football. Cardman away from Lambeau Rogers and Friends, 24. The Seattle Seahawks, 27. The Last Cowboys, 22. Atlanta Falcons, 19. The Bungles, 21. The Ravens, 24. Riverboat Ron and the Panthers, 19. Lions, 20. Tetons, 10. Colts, 38. Bucks, 35. Giants 38. Giants 38? Yeah. Wow. Texans 23. Redskins 21. Steelers forcing themselves on the Jags to win 2016. In the Battle at the Bottom, which is one of John's favourite films, by the way, the Dogshit Raiders 23, the Cardinals 21. The Broncos 23. The Chargers 22. The reigning yet soon-to-be-deposed champs, the Eagles, 7. The next champ, Saints, 48. The overpaying for their quarterback, Vikings, 20. The Bears, 25. And on Monday Night Football, reading as written, a bukkake party of a matchup, just hot shot after glorious hot shot and a face full of points, the Chiefs come up short, 51-54 against the Rams. Wow. Is someone lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you've been busy this week. Doing yeah. that. We know what we're for writing that. <laughs> we know Have you seen how big his right arm is? <laughs> Where were you uh, on Sunday afternoon? Because if you were near Leeds and York, then we have to have a lot of I, I could not be described as hairless, apart from on my head. No. And that specifically says body on that description. True. Uh, anyway, and it is quite clearly describing me. Um, anyway, thank you, Fourth and Inches. So, um, there's only one place to start, uh, I think, really. Uh, so, did anyone see Fitzmagic? 
No, I guess we'll start with the uh, the uh, offensive masterpiece and uh, defensive. Well, we can get onto that. But uh, the most points ever scored on a Monday night. Uh, the Rams now at least quicking out a victory by capitalising on some costly turnovers by uh, Mahomes. Uh, so, uh, what did we make of this game, and which of these two teams has the best chance of winning it all? I'm going to first of all take issue with the the lack of defence because there was actually plenty of defensive plays in in this game. There was five turnovers from Mahomes and two from from Goff. Was there three defensive touchdowns? Yeah, yeah. three defensive touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Donald was immense the whole the whole game, and Samson Ibukum, who got two of the defensive touchdowns for for the Rams, um, he was a menace uh, to, to the the Chiefs all, all night. But everyone's going to be talking about the the offensive play on this, and it was outstanding. I, I luckily enough was off today, so I stayed up and watched it last night, um, and you couldn't take your eyes off it. It was like watching a game of basketball, but on a football field. The quarterbacks were brilliant. The play calling on the whole was was brilliant apart from right at the end where McVeigh probably didn't use the right tactics and in, in running girly enough um, and you can't really doubt it for entertaining I think the big question now is is this how the NFL wants teams to be playing moving forward because um, there were a lot of penalties some of them were very dubious there were a lot of flags thrown for um, either bad tackling when actually there was, there was no other option um, or do the or the are the NFL just happy with that kind of basketball kind of mentality with a football game? Um, yeah, I, I think I I didn't see all the game, um, but I have seen the highlights, um, and I've seen a lot of stuff out there as well. You know, mixed responses. Some people absolutely going crazy over this game, and some people just shaking their heads, saying what has happened to football because. You know, really, two teams that we say might win the playoffs that conceded 50 points. And I get to another team that might win the Super Bowl, but, you know, come on. That's just crazy. That is, You're not going to score 50 points each week. So if you can ship 50 points, that is, that is still a concern. So I think they're probably... Both of them have come out with more questions than answers. The Rams will be the happier team. They'll have that, you know, confidence that they've beaten, you know, the best team in the AFC at the moment. So I think the Rams are the most likely to go ahead and use this as a springboard to win the Super Bowl because I do think the Chiefs it's you know they are they've been shipping a lot of points all season that's the difference between the two teams the Rams defense hasn't been quite as good as we thought it would be but it's still been you know better than average whereas the Chiefs has been you know in terms of points against it's been in the bottom quartile of the league all season yeah you look at the two games that the Chiefs lost um, they conceded 51 points sorry 54 points against the Rams um, and then they lost to the Patriots uh, conceding 45 points um, so yeah the, their ability to kind of score more more, more than the, the opposition is, is going to be brought into question the longer this goes on um, I think Patrick Mahomes is probably starting to get found out by some defences he's playing he's not as electric as he was right at the start of the season where he was just throwing touchdowns and no interceptions. If you can get in his face, which Donald and Sue were doing all, all night, then he's susceptible to either throwing a, throwing a touchdown or, or kind of committing a, a fumble. This felt like I, I woke up to this result. I mean, it, it felt like I was playing the Rams on Madden. I scored yeah. six touchdowns, got intercepted three times and still lost. <laughs> I think the thing that... I completely understand and completely agree with what you're saying with Mahomes, but the guy is still a touchdown machine. And 
you know, in terms of where Kansas are, and I think they are, I feel they're really, they're a really electric offensive team, which was the thing they were missing last year. And I, I genuinely think they stand a chance in the playoffs rather than, you know, the Andy Reid inspired, oh, here's the playoffs. No, 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 not for us. Thanks. <laughs> so, with regards to your electric comment, uh, only two players have had 15 50-yard-plus touchdowns before turning 25. Tyreek Hill is now the third. Who were the previous two? Nobody's read their show notes. Jackson. No, but I knew you'd shout that. One of them was Randy Moss. Who's he? Yeah, and the other one was Gail Sayers. Now, that is some esteemed company to keep for a player of this ilk. If he has careers like these two and he does it all with the Chiefs, that's not electricity for one season. That's another 10 years they could get out of him playing like this. He's so quick. It's painful. Um, I I absolutely agree with Gary's comment about the defences. Both of these defences, this is is not promising. I would... I come on here every week and everybody, you you mock me when I take the piss out of the Patriots for losing. Or you just mock me anyway, but that's fine. But you would think Belichick would look at these two defences and say, mm, given a matchup against them, we can beat that. Yeah, I think um, I think Belichick would think that, though, you know, they are explosive offences, but I think he would think that they can probably bend, not break more often than these defences did. And I think if you start to get teams to hold the Chiefs to under 30 points. And I know that's saying a lot, but if you can do that, I think you beat the Chiefs. I think you beat them 35-28 or whatever. That's, I think that's where they might get found out in the, in the playoffs. You know, they've both, you know, both had great seasons. They've both come on loads. You know, they really have. But, <laughs> boys, come on. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, if you had to say which one has the potential to win the Super Bowl this year, you've got to say the Rams. Yeah, I think so. I think the Rams probably defense is, is starting to get better now that Aqib Talib's back. There are other playmakers making plays. Now Dante Fowler's in the mix as well. That's a four defenders on the, on the front line that are former first-round picks. Um, and there's, like I said, the Ibukum, who no one had ever heard of, before last night um, it turned up and made, made two plays and scored two defensive touchdowns probably going to be the defensive player of, of the week based on that because no one else has done that um, there was a lot of penalties called in this match I think the Chiefs had 13 penalties accepted and another three that they didn't that's 16 in total if you take all those penalties and you take the five turnovers from Mahomes they pr- if you take those away they probably win this match um, that was the that was the big costly error, and right at the end where Mahomes is just he's slinging it around and and throws two interceptions. Yeah, and this is where where you got to come back to what you were talking about in terms of what the league does to stifle offenses. Because I get not trying to get your you know your talent injured. You know that's obviously important. You know for the prosperity of the league, but you then can't have you know no opportunity to to actually try and stop the passing game. If that, if that is just completely gone and you have no way of actually trying to stop the pass and you're playing against a team that have a running game and a passing game, then you're, you're basically screwed. Because they say, we're going to run it at you and if you you put loads of people, then we'll just throw it really deep and you'll get a penalty and then we'll just run it in from five yards. You know, it's just crazy. So the league have got to try and do something because I don't, I don't honestly think the league want to see 50-50 games. I think they're quite happy to see 35s to, to mid-20s I think because then you're getting good scoring throughout each quarter normally. So that keeps people engaged. It keeps their revenue streams good for the adverts for the entire game. But, 
you know, it wasn't a real game, was it, last night? It was fun to watch, but it's not a real game. It's the fun f- when it's an anomaly, isn't it? The fact that the Rams put up all these points and Todd Gurley only had 55 rushing, rushing yards, excuse me, which is his lowest since week two, and he had 42. Uh, I thought he would be a massive... I, I had like 150 scrimmage yards was my guess for him. And so to do that without him and no Cooper Cup... I think Josh Reynolds had about 80 yards in the but then, but then by doing that, one of the Rams' touchdowns, there was a guy who literally had about 40 yards around him with not a single player anywhere near him. So that's what I'm saying. You, you, you know, you can't defend both effectively at the moment. No, definitely not. I think the Rams went out purposely to not run Gurley. I think they took advantage of what they've seen. Coming into the season, we said Kansas' backfield would be an issue. And I think the Rams just exploited that to the absolute maximum. Um, interesting enough, Kansas are the first team to score 50 points and lose. Um, and, and that's out of about 217 50, 50 teams that score 50 points. So uh, that's a first for you. But the biggest losers of the night, Mexico City. Yeah. They were meant to be hosting this. And there was a, a couple of rumors flying around Twitter that the, the NFL deliberately moved it back to LA because they knew it would be a good contest and they didn't want to be holding it in Mexico. I don't think that's true. The, if you saw the pictures of the pitch, it was terrible. So, But yeah, something to consider. Should have been in Mexico and it would have been a, a great advert for, for international series. Yeah, and How upset would you have been if this international series game had been played in Mexico and we had to put up with some of the dross we got at Wembley this year? <laughs> Um, well, I've just been suggesting a proper, you know, Bill Pelichick's world, you know, road trip. Road trip to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun. Yeah, I, I think um, I'd be interested to know what you think. Who would you rather have as your quarterback, Goff or Mahomes, for next season? Who would you rather have for or oh, next season? I'd say Mahomes. I'd say this season I'd want Goff because I think Goff, in his development in terms of game management and decision making, is a year ahead. Yeah, you know, simple as that. And. And he, he is such an unsung hero of that LA Rams team. Not a single pick. No. I know he had two 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 strips, didn't he? Yeah, two two uh, two fumbles. He Down the stretch, he was absolutely ice cold. And he was taking some big hits as well, but actually getting the throw away. And it was on target. The receivers... Has he got 22 touchdowns to six interceptions? It's, yeah. not, it's not many interceptions. I, I agree. I'd probably want Mahomes because he is more exciting. But Goff is... Uh, Goff is playing out with his skin this one, and he's probably a, a quiet contender for MVP. He won't win it, but he sh- should definitely be in the discussion. I think he's very underrated, which is amazing when you think he's in a 9-1 and one I team. Think everyone just accuses, not accuses him, or just kind of, because McVeigh is kind of this offensive genius, everyone just says, oh, Goff's the quarterback in it. You could put Alex Smith as quarterback in, in, in this offence and he would be brilliant. But I, I don't think that's right. I think Goff is better than what people are giving credit for. He kind of stand up. <laughs> John <laughs> Brady. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, I, it is uh, McVeigh gets a lot of credit and you know credit due, but yeah, I think Goff d- deserves a little bit more attention than he's getting really. So, but I'd rather have Mahomes because I think he's electric. I love watching him. I, and it would be just for, epic fun. For what it's worth, I'm going to say I'd rather have Goff only because we've seen more of him. So if I was picking now for next season, I'd still take Goff. Because I think, a bit like whichever one of you it was said right at the start of this, Mahomes is getting found out. And at some point, he's going to have a five-interception game and not score any touchdowns. And you, you don't want that because he could take a step back for a week or two while he recovers. He doesn't look like somebody who suffers with confidence issues, but we also don't know that because he hasn't had any reason to. So... Um, I th- Aaron Donald though was amazing he was 
immense. He just he looked like he just wanted to fold Mahomes in half at every opportunity. Uh, and that front line with Sue as well is just that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's a scary prospect. Ter- terrifying. Absolutely. I mean, when you say if Mahomes does have a five interception game, Fitzpatrick's made a career out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there's there's money somewhere. I think it will. Like I said, you'll probably get found out. It probably will be by someone like Belichick, who obviously is a defensive genius in, in his own right. Um, if he's got time to study Mahomes, and he's obviously played against him once and beaten him, then you know, come the playoffs, if if they're playing each other, you might just err for the Patriots just based on on the coach that they've got and, and the experience he has in those sort of positions. I think also with the playoffs, it comes to experience as well, doesn't it? And the Patriots kind of have have bought property in the playoffs for the last few years <laughs> bought property and built hotels and yeah and <laughs> casinos and just when you land on community chest you're Here's paying for repairs why are we not doing the monopoly podcast that's a much easier thing to talk about <laughs> i don't have to stay up so late or anything well uh well should we move on because i think we probably could talk about that game all night but um so Let's move on to the Saints whilst we're discussing potential title contenders. Uh, they demolished the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Philadelphia Eagles, 48-7, to which is just it's embarrassing, really. Uh, but, um, yeah, anyone else play fan- Anyone play fa- Wentz in their fantasy league? No. I can see one man with his hand up. Did you start him? Yes, I fucking did. Idiot. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was. They, My two quarterbacks were Wentz and Fitzmagic. <laughs> it was not. Gonna, <laughs> it was not going to be a good week. So I, I went with Wentz because he's the better player, and it turned out to be a disaster. We were talking about defense in the last section. The Saints have conceded twenty-one points over their last two games, and they're averaging the most points per week on offense. There. So I called this at the start of the season that they would win the Super Bowl. We called this. Gary and I called this at the start of the season. We were agreeing way too much. It's good you'll be still a cock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Massive they cock. look phenomenal. They, yeah. they just crushed Carson Wentz. 7-48 to 48 is the worst defeat by a reigning Super Bowl champion. Yep. That is, I know they've got a lot of injuries, but they talked so much shit in the off-season about how they were going to do it again. And they Eagles! Went, oh, God, the fans at Wembley. E-A-G-L-E-S. Christ alive. So, a little bit of me is glad they're losing, but... I didn't think they'd be this this bad. They've got no run game. They've got no pass defense. That That is two things they were really good at last year. Yeah. And uh, they are in a shit division. And they're, they're what, still third, aren't they? Third. And um, they, being I mean, caught by the Giants. Yeah, they, they could still win that division, but they won't. I, I think no, no. I think as well as the injuries they've had, they've also lost two of their offensive kind of... Well, they lost the offensive coordinator. Frank Wright's gone to the Colts and he's doing a bang-up job there. And John Filippo, the quarterback's coach, is now the offensive coordinator of the Vikings. It, maybe it's starting to show that, you know, Doug Peterson isn't as good on the offense as we probably thought last year. So that's one thing. And there's, there's just no running game at all. It's, nothing's there. And Wentz has been asked to do too much. Yeah, I think, you know, when Jay Ajayi, you know, got injured, they've obviously used a London born. London born, sorry. London born Jay Ajayi got injured. They've used the like committee. In a few weeks. Made. Missed it. Uh, yeah, but he's not, he's not been anywhere. Um, Josh Adams, who we were very yeah. impressed with uh, at Wembley, got his first touchdown this week. And he he looks good, but he doesn't look like he can carry the team. No. And Wendell Smallwood, you know, <laughs> what, he got like a point or something, you know, a minus, minus 0.4 or something, yeah. useless. Um, 
Yeah, all right. Thanks for that. Since um, uh, since the Drew Brees era, 2006 with the Saints, they are 51 and two when being double digit up at half time. And that isn't the best record since 2006. The Patriots have a better record than that. That is ridiculous. Oh, it's a thumb in a pat, Danny. I'm really sorry, but uh. I thought that would be the best record. Apparently, it's not. It's second. Uh, honestly, I am so impressed by what Sean Payton has managed to do with this team. It's incredible. Especially after you wanted him sacked last year. Yeah, um. <laughs> oh, yeah. two games in last season, they were 0-2. And you know, they were only a Browns kicker away from being 0-2 to start this season. Yep. Browns missed a kick, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, that is true. But I, I think this Saints team, you imagine if they'd have had Des Bryant, and it, it might have been a very bad Des Bryant, but even just having him for the playoffs would have been really useful. Who and needs him when you've got Traquan Smith with 157 yards? <laughs> yeah, I think kind of the, the key thing, obviously Michael Thomas is probably, in, in my view, a top five receiver at the moment, but they're also bringing in other players like Traquan Smith. Um, Keith Kirkwood had three receptions for 33 yards. I haven't got a clue who he is. See, this is when you know they're taking the piss. They're bringing in somebody called Keith. Yeah, and uh, and Dan Arnold, two receptions for twenty five yards. Do you know what I I think has really helped the last few weeks, and that is having Mark Ingram back. I think that has really taken the pressure off Alvin Kamara. They're not having to overuse him. You know, you've got a big lump in in Mark Ingram. You know, and. Um, and it's really helping the teams. It looks really balanced. You know, they've got some trickery in there as well. They've got literally everything you would want and a decent defence. Yeah. They're scary. Uh, John, how has uh, Mark Ingram's return affected Kamara in your fantasy? Has that made any noticeable difference to him at all? Um, it, he was quite quiet this week because he only got 17 points. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, that was the, the, he, on the, the week before their bye when Ingram came back, he got four points. They just didn't use him um but as well they don't have to use him at the moment they're they're sort of winning at a canter and which bodes well for them in the playoffs because they are going to have so they are going to have a chance to rest players and if you have a fresh kamara a fresh ingram you know they are going to be yeah i would have liked to, uh, to see a, a des may have taken some of the pressure off the ball thomas yeah they brought in brandon marshall now uh, yeah. as well so he and he didn't play on sunday obviously he's learning the playbook i hope um i've actually been impressed by the improvement of, of the defense over the last couple of weeks yeah. um and you're not gonna like this but i think it coincides with eli apple turning up because now he's he looks really good he looks good but he also it allows latimore just to play a slightly a slightly more natural game it takes a bit more pressure off latimore who's still like you know second year in the nfl um He's now starting to improve drastically. He's got a bit more support with Apple there. Apple's an experienced player. He's you know played a lot against, uh, played a lot of time because he plays for the Giants and their offense can't stay on the field. Yeah, no, he's been he's been looks really good. He was a, a decent player. Just obviously, just there were questions about his character, but maybe I mean, that's the team as well. It's a beneficial trade because the Saints have looked better and the Giants have looked better without him. So true, everybody's won. Which is a rare thing for a trade. Well, the, the Giants have rarely won. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah. no, but they've won this week, so we're just going <laughs> to keep that. Is everybody happy to throw the towel in on the Eagles' season? Well, I think bearing in mind they're only two games back. So I think that's one question, and I don't think you can yet because they're in a bad division, especially with you know what we'll come on to later with the, the injury at the Redskins. But also, you know, I bang on about it all the time, how terrible the AFC is compared to the NFC. And actually, this year, if you look at the two leagues, I don't know you can say that as much. 
you know, so if you look at the teams top of each each side, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Texans and the Chiefs, or the Skins, the Bears, the Saints and the Rams. Now, the Saints and the Rams, yeah, fair enough, but the Bears and the Skins, are they better than any of those four AFC teams I just talked about? Could this be a year that an NFC team does come through? Because actually, that really traditionally hard division or conference is just not the same this year. And I think though that does give anybody that qualifies in the NFC a chance of at least getting to the championship game and then anything can happen. Yeah, I think that well that NFC East we we we've said it looks terrible. Um the Eagles have still got to play. I think they've got to play the Giants once um, uh, this they, weekend. And they've got to play the Redskins twice. Um so they've got a massive um but this is a very different Redskins team after this week. Yeah. Is it though? No, well, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Would you want Colt McCoy leading your offense? He's not that much difference to Alex Smith though. No. They've just signed Alexis Sanchez, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> but fumble. Um, one one question I've got, actually. Who would you prefer to see in the Super Bowl if it was a, a choice between the rematch from the Chiefs versus the Rams or the Chiefs versus the Saints? I'd, I'd like to see the Saints because I picked them to win it, so then I'd be right. <laughs> I'd like to just see the Chiefs in it. Just, just the Chiefs. Yeah, just the Chiefs. Yeah, by themselves. And you <laughs> still lose. I think the thing is, you know, with the amount of alcohol that will probably get consumed at Super Bowl, if I was trying to watch 105 points, I'd get very little time to go and top my beer up. And that would not be good. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy it. I might remember it, but I wouldn't enjoy it. You do remember the Super Bowl we just had, which was uh, involved 90 points, and you still got pretty pissed. Yeah, but there could have been more. So I was just pointing out to Jim, uh, the Eagles' schedule gets harder from now as they play teams with a combined .641 win percentage, which makes them have the hardest remaining schedule for any team in the league. So I'm not writing them off because the division is so bad. However, they are going to have to play completely different to how they have done in order to squeak through. I think they're in real trouble because, as we're going to get on to, the Cowboys seem to have rediscovered how to win. So... Okay, so uh, let's turn our attention to the unfortunate incident. Gary, how is your mate's cock? Well, he's not my mate. He's my okay, mate. how he's is your mate's, mate's son? son. <laughs> um, apparently, all has healed well. It's been used, still functions. So okay. There's, so there's hope for Alex Smith yet. Well, of course, uh, we actually mean uh, Alex Smith, who uh, broke his tibia and Fibula? Fibula? And so with Smith gone, uh, I think it's safe to say he's not going to play the rest of the rest of this season. Uh, the rest of his life. Like, yeah. I mean, realistically, is he coming back from that? I mean, that was I mean, gruesome. Th- his foot was pointing. It was dangling all over the place as he rolled over. It was horrible. It was horrid. Uh, they. I mean, I still watched the replay about a hundred times. He went for surgery that evening, and they say you know he he will recover okay. So he's not that old. Yeah, Jim, you're saying that's horrible. You you also message going. I've watched that in detail again. Oh yeah, that was nasty. Like, why would you want to watch that again? It was disgusting. It reminded me of that Henrik Larsson one. Yeah, years ago when you literally just saw his his leg just buckle. It was just awful. Yeah, I mean, we watched the Travis Kelsey. He still managed to throw the ball at least six yards though. Oh, that's bang average for him. <laughs> we watched the Travis Kelsey break earlier in the, in the season, and that was nasty, but that one was just literally, that was just terrible. Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert, sorry, not Travis Kelsey. Is that his one catch touchdown this weekend? Yeah, I no. Well, he, he saw the Tyler Eifert hair, and he's just been 
He's just got confused. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the Redskins have been professional, but I mean, they're not going to come out and say, "Oh God, we're fucked," are they? <laughs> well, they pretty much have by yeah. signing Mark Sanchez. Yeah. <laughs> I did laugh because I mean, th- you've got to imagine this. There's Kaepernick somewhere going, "Oh come on!" <laughs> but Kaepernick is isn't going to join a team with a racial the slur in their name. Kaepernick. It's definitely Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. Wow, that is going off piste. But yeah, no, apparently Kaepernick doesn't want to return. Stop it. <laughs> if you start saying Vince as well, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. But no, he, apparently he doesn't want to return, but he's not going to come back to Washington. But yeah, they've signed uh, Mark Sanchez, butt fumble, so th- they can celebrate the six-year anniversary of that uh, on um, Sunday. It's exactly six years since the butt fumble. Thursday, isn't it? The well, whatever, yeah, whenever they're playing next is six years since uh, it happened. I'm sure everyone's heard this, but the, the amount of coincidence between his Smith's break and Feisman's yeah. break, though, is 33 years to the day on the same yardage line with the same end score, score line as well. <laughs> and Feisman was there in the crowd watching and tweeting his, uh, his sorrow. I mean, that's a massive, massive coincidence. Yeah. Just, uh, but is is now the Redskins are six and three or six and four? Uh, do, do they come out of this really poor NFC East? They can. Uh, firstly, Colt McCoy drafted in twenty ten by the Browns was a starter there for a couple of years. Back up at San Fran. Uh, <laughs> just saying. And back been, up, back up to who? Uh, uh, Alex Smith. Alex Smith Kaepernick didn't take over till 2013 so I think the first year it was in San Fran it was probably Alex Smith but anyway uh, and he's been number two or three at the Redskins since 2014 because RG3 and Kirk Cousins were there at various times uh, 27 touchdowns to 23 picks in his career and the QBR of 79.1 Alex Smith was 87.3 so it's not an enormous drop off he's a capable backup but you don't want to be riding him for half a dozen games which is what they've got left I think it's a concern if he wins three out of six remaining games I, I, will, give, I will give you five pounds if he win three if he wins three games well they've got the Giants uh, the the Eagles so in this order, they've got the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Jaguars, Titans, and then Eagles again. There's three winnable games there. It probably just about is, but I don't see it. <laughs> I don't think it matters as much as it would with some teams because they're not they're not been de- relying on Alex Smith. They've been relying on Adrian yeah. Peterson. And, and there's three or four defences in that fixture that can't necessarily stop Adrian Peterson. And also, the Washington defence has been fantastic this season. We can't overshadow that. No, they've got the two highest-ranked safeties in the league. And, you know, Josh Norman is playing brilliantly. I I, I think it's, it's obviously and a bad Pop, look for them. But Pop McCoy, he uh, got them their first lead change this, this week. Yes, it was the first time... Well, that, was it 1954 was the last time a team went nine games without a lead change yep. and that was also the Redskins oh really yes it was uh, stupid little thing that we learnt there um, Adrian Peterson 26 two plus touchdown games which is the fourth most since 1950 and also became the uh, sixth most rushing touchdowns person on the, the scoreboard passing John Riggins 
Regis, sorry. Regis? Regis. John Regis was the sprinter. Regis, yes. Yes. <laughs> Confused myself by I not mean, spelling it properly. If we have a look from what we spoke last week, Adrian Peterson is a definite Hall of Framer. <laughs> Hall of Framer. <laughs> That's right. Yes, he is. Uh, yes, he, he definitely is. Oh, if it wasn't for uh, uh, Andrew Luck, he'd be Combat Player of the Year, I think, because he's been brilliant. Yeah, he's he's been outstanding. Uh, and that is the thing. The, the Redskins are not... It's not like... Brady getting knocked out of the Patriots yeah. or you know Drew Brees getting knocked out of the Saints it's not the same no it's a different story when you've got Brian Hoyer coming in absolutely <laughs> I'd take Colt McCoy over Brian Hoyer I'd also take Mark Sanchez uh, I, Mark Sanchez can win you a game you don't want to see him every week either but between the two of them I think there's three wins taken there I think that the Redskins now do not make the playoffs on the basis that who does that the Cowboys win the division and that the Panthers and the Seahawks will get the wild cards. And I'd be inclined to agree with you. I think the Cowboys are now really well placed to take this division, even though they're awful, uh, because their awful is now less awful than do, the rest. Do you know what? They say, they, you say they're awful, um, but actually Dak, um, out of nowhere, has started seeming to be able to throw the ball again. Now, some of that's because Zeke's back. And you know what? I saw, I heard a couple of bits at the weekend where they said that they're trying to get him to play a bit freer, and trying to get him to not overthink and just throw the ball. And he does seem to be a bit, but he seems a bit more in control. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's looked better now. A lot of that is because Zeke is back doing what Zeke does, but I still think that that has given him a bit of freedom, and he does seem to be not. He seems to be releasing the ball a bit easier. Doesn't seem to be absolutely firing it at people now. It doesn't seem quite as scared. I think it all does come down to the, the, the Zeke element and the play calling and getting him more involved in the game. Like they're rushing him more. I think there's a couple of, not the game, the last Cowboys game, the game before, where they only rushed, only rushed him six times yeah. in the second half. If you've got a player like Elliot on, on the pitch, just keep giving the ball to him. He's the best running back in the league for me. And they... For, lots of games this year they just haven't bothered going to him and you, you've got a young quarterback and no receivers of any note I mean they're still their highest paid receiver is still Des Bryant isn't he for, on, for cap space probably yeah I think you you're know, probably right they are they, they need to be able to ride Zeke more than they have been yeah so Zeke got his 27th rushing touchdown since 2016 only Todd Gurley has more uh, and Zeke also has the most 100-yard-plus scrimmage games since he was drafted as well, out of everyone in the league. So he is the offense on this team. And as long as they remember to use him, then they can win this terrible division. Their defense does not get enough credit. I think the linebacker, that Van der Etch, oh, he's, looks yeah, he's a beast. amazing. Sean Lee is never fit for more than two games in a row, but this guy is probably going to take his role over the next few years. He, he looks brilliant. I don't like the Cowboys because I don't think Jason Garrett is a good coach, but they might have lucked in this season just because of how bad everybody else is. And if they get to the playoffs and somebody comes up against Zeke, there's a chance they win at least one game. So, yeah, okay, it's worked out for them. You can't fault that. I see it a little bit like the Tetons last season. They squeak through the division and they won a playoff game. And then sacked their coach. I can see the exact same thing happening. I was going to mention that as well. I was just about yeah. to ask, if uh, if they do get through, does that save Garrett his job next year? Or? I don't think it does. I think he's had, a, he's had enough opportunities now with, with some 
good squads and he's got into the playoffs and it's not really he's just been bang average isn't he he's 8-8 eight and eight every year whether he gets into the playoffs or not it just seems like he's an 8-8 eight and 8-8 eight, eight and eight coach um, don't think you can say Jeff Fisher and we can't hear <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I mean actually look at that you know look at the Rams and how they've, they've kept most of the same players okay they've brought in a lot but the two star players Goff and Gurley they were there when Fisher was there and you know he he didn't do anything with him. Suddenly McVeigh comes in and McVeigh comes in and uh, they're brilliant again. If another offensive coach comes into Dallas with the likes of Dak Prescott, the likes of Elliot and now Amari Cooper, does this Dallas Cowboys team suddenly become a lot lot better and actually start challenging for for championships and Super Bowls? Well, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> effectively. Uh, I think we're forgetting uh, as well that. You know the Texans as well. They're 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 uh, they're on um, a, a win streak as well. So uh, seven wins in a row. Seven wins it? in a row. They're doing. It's a phenomenal record to do that. Nineteen twenty six Giants were the only other team to have done that. Start zero three and then win the next seven. That's ridiculous. We should give them credit. I felt bad for the guy that celebrated the sack on Alex Smith. He was celebrating like nobody's business, and then he turned around and was like, "Oh, oh. But, you but, gotta feel bad." You can't. The defence did have to play really well this week because Deshaun Watson was not very good. No, he he, he wasn't good at all. And look, I mean, he did it in the... He, the guy's celebration was in the moment. We'd all do the same thing. Um, I'm sure we all have. Um, but yeah, the... <laughs> we remember Jim playing football. He's broken a few legs. <laughs> <laughs> Watson, Watson wasn't good anyway. He, uh, 16-24, 208 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. I think this was the best game from Lamar Miller this this season he is running the ball much better than we've seen him for a lot of the season and I think that's going to be important down the stretch um, but yeah the, the defence is still good you've got JJ Watt you know I've, I read somewhere on, on Twitter someone said you need to you need to double, double, double team JJ Watt and it's like yeah but then Jadavian Clowney's just going to come at you and then you've got Whitney Mercedes coming at you <laughs> sorry Griff is creasing up at double teaming because that's uh, that's that's Griff. We need to get Griff a drink for innuendo bingo this week, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they've got Honey Badger as well. They, they, they have players all over. Wasn't she some woman you met online? No. Oh, just check. Um, the only, my only thing I want to bring up about the Cowboys before we move on is that Dak has yet to throw for 300 yards in a game this season. Now, I understand they're riding the running game, but... At some point, they're going to come up against a team, whether it's in the playoffs or in the run-up to the playoffs, that can stop Zeke. And Dak then falls apart. He is not capable of racking up big yardage games. So, and and I know they've got Amari Cooper, but he hasn't made a a drastic difference. He's only averaging 10 yards a game more than he was at Oakland, where we all thought he was terrible. I mean, he's only just got there, to be fair. Three games. He's three games in, and he he hasn't made a big difference. The team is still the same, and they don't look capable of swapping to a different type of style. That's what I'm saying. It's not an instant change that he's made, is it? It's a different type of offense, though. They were, you know, at Oakland, they have Derek Carr, who is a a well-paid, accomplished quarterback. He's now with Dak. You know, it's who... I guess if you're saying if, if this Cowboy team is going to go into the playoffs, they're probably going to have to play one or both of either the Rams and the Saints. Do we ever see them beating either of those teams? Does we, do, do we see Elliot running against either of those teams and generating offense? The issue they have, one of the big issues they have is tight end. 
Yeah. Because obviously since Witten has retired... You've got Jeff Swain. Or yeah. Or something well, I don't like even know what his name is. I don't yeah. even care. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't actually care what his name is because he's shit. But the, the problem is... Like, honestly, it's true though, isn't it? Like, I know you all laugh at me and think I'm a bit crazy, but it is ridiculous. Because, you know, Dak, if we don't think that he is Patrick Mahomes, where are all his receivers lined up at 12 yards? There is nothing in the playbook and there is no obvious receivers there for him to just get those easy passes. And, you know, that's the pro- that's the problem, isn't it? I'm going to agree with you on this as well. I'm worrying how many people are agreeing with you this week. You could be saying some sensible things this week. Yeah, that, that'd be it. Um, you see the difference the tight end position is making at the Colts. And just having reliable tight end options is making the difference for the Colts. So I think that you're absolutely right. That's what the Cowboys are missing. And that is a weakness at tight end. It's because the Colts have all the tight ends. They've got like 12. <laughs> Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron and everybody's favourite Mo Ali Cox. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's, let's move on because um, um, to talk about, carry on about teams in, look in the playoff hunt. The Bears... Uh, are firmly entrenched at the top of the NFC North and uh, just knocked off the Vikings 25 to 20 so Kirk Cousins is 4 and 12 in primetime games but his uh, it's not all his shoulder on, on his shoulders despite the huge contract you know is that right it's not, no, all, it's not all on Cousins no. I'm blaming Cousins I, I wouldn't I mean the, the rushing in, uh, numbers in this game are absolutely pathetic like Dalvin Cook, nine carries for 12 yards. Latavius Murray, four carries for five yards. That Bears defense is amazing. But even with that, those numbers are shit. Uh, yeah. And, and the O-line has been awful as well. Yeah. It's so he's been hit, I don't know how many times this year. So I know you put like their overpaid quarterback in your... Uh, he's still overpaid, I know whether you, might, you blame him or not. You might say he's overpaid, but he's got some of the best stats in the league for not being a, a He's only won team. one more game than Case Keenum this season. In the last few years, look at loads of stats. Yeah, and he was up there, past completion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. He was up there with. But if all you look at his win totals, players. it's not up there. Yeah, but like for who? For the Redskins? Take take a league average. He's below league average for oh. wins in the last five years. But he so was who playing would you for, be if you played for the Redskins? Mm. That was a shonky Redskins team. He was at. It was terrible. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't great. And that O line, they are just allowing him. I'm not even listening to you, Griff. Like honestly, <laughs> honestly, honestly, like it's time we're going for it now because. He's getting hit. Someone tell me how many times he's been hit so far this year. John? It's a lot. He was like the fifth most sacked quarterback at the start of the season. Yeah, but sacked and hit. How many yeah, times yeah, has he been it's, hit? Yeah, it's, it's a lot. I'm not denying... Look, the O-line isn't good. The defence is just not the same as last year's defence. The whole team has taken two steps back. I absolutely agree with you. I just never thought Kirk Cousins was the right quarterback anyway. So that's just tacked on the top. I think Kirk Cousins is the right quarterback and he should be in a franchise that has a chance of winning. And I think... But this should have been the franchise and it's not. It should have been. It definitely should have been. But they other players have regressed and that's the thing. I don't know how, yeah. many, how many players... It'd be interesting to see. You see in in, in the Premiership, in, in soccer over in the UK, how many players in their contract years, you know, I know it's the same in the NFL, suddenly have performances. They get paid... And then they then they just slip off. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how many of the Vikings players got paid after last year's performances and have just dropped off a cliff. Because it is weird to see, especially defensive players, to just drop off a cliff like that without loads of injuries. Mm. And that O line protected Case Keenum. Now, surely everyone likes, you know, they like Case Keenum, but surely they like. It's it's the injuries they've had as well. It's 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 not the same. Adam Thielen 
1,000 yards after 10 games, which ties a Vikings record with Randy Moss. That is testament to the fact that Kirk Cousins is doing something right. Because he is picking out Thielen, and Diggs has been good as well. But Cousins turns the ball over too much. He always has. He's a, he is a fumble machine. What's he got? Seven fumbles or eight fumbles on the season already? And he's just not picking this team up. There is no way that any of us really expected the Bears to be top of the division at this point in the season, is there? The Vikings was our choice. Maybe you'd say the package would be second, but you wouldn't have picked the Bears to be top. And I just haven't seen enough from him. I'm not saying in the long run, when everything else is functioning, that he won't get them all the way to the championship game or to the final, but he doesn't look like he's capable of putting in that extra 10% that you want from a quarterback who's, what, the second highest paid quarterback in the league? I was laughing at... um uh, the Raiders the other day because uh, because you can because, because they're uh, fucking awful. But they were, it was uh, on about the fact that they they you know they traded Khalil Mack to the uh, to the Bears and not the Packers because they believed that would get them the better draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> of course, nice. it's gone wrong. Well, of course it has because they're terrible. You know that was uh, Mack's fifth forced fumble of the season this week, despite the fact he hasn't had one since week four. Like, well, how good was he to start the season? I know he's missed he's games. He's and missed games, hasn't he? But imagine how many he would have if he'd been playing all the time. It's, uh, also, I was surprised to see Trubisky now leading all quarterbacks in rushing yards this season. He's head of really? Cam and Russell Wilson. Because Matt Nagy has done an amazing job of basically saying, our quarterback is okay, but seriously limited. They, he's basically doing what they need to do with Dak in Dallas and and making an offense work around what your quarterback can do, not asking him to do things he can't do. And Drabisky is an excellent athlete who isn't accurate enough to throw the ball down the field. But what's his average completion distance for the season? I don't know, about eight yards. It's not far. He can't complete passes down the field, which is why you don't hear much about him. The running game is good. Uh, Tarek Cohen, Jordan Howe is playing well enough. And Trubisky... He's playing better than both of them as a running back. He's 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 basically doing everything that he's been asked to do. Mac Nagy is is smoke and mirrors. They they you see players in motion, all sorts of things happening before the snap of the ball, and then it's a straightforward run up the middle. But the the defense is like, huh? somebody might figure it out. But in that time, Trubisky's had all these games to become a better quarterback, and by this time next year, chances are he's quite decent. Like he's just a slow developer. I don't mind that. Even the John Fox, though, last year, they were really good at, at, tr- at trick plays and, you know, tr- fooling the defence, and they've just taken up a notch this year as well. I think the difference this year is they've had receivers. It does help, yeah. Yeah, I, I like Miller. Uh, it was a draft pick, wasn't he, this year, Anthony Miller? Yeah. I think I think he looks really good. Uh, I, I don't think they've got anything outstanding. I mean, Alan, most teams would take an Alan Robinson if they had the chance. Yeah, I think... He's another player that doesn't elevate somebody. He he would be better with a better quarterback, but he's not making Mitch Trubisky that much better. Yeah, I, I think you know, Taylor Gabriel was... An he's one I like. I think he's really good. In the Shanahan Falcons offense, he was fantastic. I mean, he was pretty much dross last season, but the Falcons were dross last season. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Uh, but really, we know it comes down to what the defense can do. The, the Bears' safety Eddie Jackson has four def- defensive touchdowns since the start of last year. Nobody else in the league has more than two. Plus the fact that they've got Khalil Mack, they, everything is working for them on defense. The, the offense just has to be good enough. If the offense gets a field goal on every other possession, that's probably enough for them to win most games. I think the other thing for their defense as well is the rookie Roquan Smith. Yeah. 
he's been linebacker. He's been fantastic. Yeah, and I don't think he's been getting enough credit. Really, no. He came into camp very late. He he was a holdout for the contract situation after he got drafted, Um, but he's really picked up the reins of that defense. This is like you say, Griff. This is a team that's very much leaning on the defense. how much is that going to matter come the play? We, we, let's make the presumption that the Bears make, make the playoffs. They're in a really good position at the moment. How much is that going to matter when they come up against the Saints or the Rams? Because can those two teams be stopped? It, we've, we've seen the Rams have to go toe-to-toe with Kansas and they can score points. But I mean, the Ra- that, that Rams defense would be all over this offense as well. But I think it'd be interesting. This is a fantastic defense and, you know, we've... I'd take it's the, probably a test these teams haven't come up against yet. Cause yeah. the, I'd um, take the Rams over the Bears, but I wouldn't take the Chiefs over the Bears. I think Pat Mahomes gets picked off, and I think he gets sacked. But I think Goff is that, like Gary said earlier, he's one year further ahead, and he would be calm enough to dissect what is available, whereas I think Mahomes is going to throw the ball off and get picked off. That might be the team that picks him off five times. I think, um, I think seeding might be quite important, um, yeah. because you know the Saints you know, are in a tough division, and you know you can't guarantee that the Saints will actually have a better end of season, you know, win record than the Bears. You you can't guarantee that because you know at the moment that division isn't great. The Lions look terrible. Um, so actually, they could be very close to come the end of the season in terms of number of wins because the Saints must have at least two or three divisional games to come yet against the Falcons and the Panthers, which they have to go to Carolina, which are not going to be easy games, and, yeah. they, and especially if if they think they're qualified. It's um, so the Saints are at home to the Falcons next week. Then they got three road games against the Cowboys, the Bucks, and the Panthers, and then two home games against the Steelers and the Panthers again. So yeah, there's a lot of division games there. Yeah. There's some hard games. Isn't yeah, there? the Bears are actually playing the Rams. I've just checked on the 10th of December. So one, one, one to watch out for that and see what wins out of the battle of offense versus defense. Cool. Okay, well, uh, let's move back to the uh, NFC East as um, we have the Giants playing the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which was, I enjoyed it, but it was still a bit of a shit show. Um, 38 <laughs> points for your Giants though, John. I know, at, for more than 30 points, and we won, which is, you know, when we normally break the 30-point barrier, we lose. When was the Where, last time you made it to 38 points? Oh, no, who fuck knows? I'm Ben 2012. Ben McAdoo is going to be furious somewhere that the Giants got above 30 points. He should be furious. He should also be disappointed in himself for not doing a better job when he had one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, even then, we, we got 30 points and I still, I was still convinced we were going to lose at the end uh, when, luckily, I think Michael Thomas came up with an interception to ice the game. But um, How many days have passed since the last set of consecutive victories for the Giants? Yeah, somebody read their show notes. <laughs> Seven on weeks fourteen and fifteen in twenty sixteen was the last time you won back to back games. God, that was that, just, that was a long time ago. <laughs> three weeks before uh, the boat photo. Remember that? Yes, I do. Where they were all topless on a boat going into the playoffs. Yep, and we that, lost. Yeah, and it's been it's been a shit show since <laughs> then. Um, this was the the best thing that I saw about your game because the Bucks' defense is terrible. We know this, right? Yeah. They, they are awful. <laughs> Eli had a career best completion rate of 94.4% and his second best ever passer rating of 1558 against this defence. I mean, if, if all the defences were like the Tampa Bay defence, then there's no problem with Eli. And it showed, he, lo- he looked really good, but you know, not all defences are as bad as this Tampa Bay defence. But you could put him in the same column as Dak Prescott. 
So Dak had a great game because Zeke was just on fire. Eli had a great game because Saquon was just amazing. Like 142 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. That's just on the ground. And then he's a receiving option as well with another touchdown. So three touchdowns on the day for a player who's more than likely to be the offensive uh, rookie of the year. Who's going to say that the Giants chose badly for the second pick? Me, I'm going to say that it was a terrible idea because you're not winning anything. You've won, what, three games this season? Hey. And would we have won with Darnold? I don't know, maybe. No. You might have done. No, we're st- we're, I'm not going to say Darnold makes this team... In, in the long run. In the long be, run. In the long run, you'd be a better team. You, you might have had a chance to win at some point in the next 10 years. You know, yeah, at this, I mean, point, at this point, you're working your way away from a, a decent... So, I mean, so you, you know you're going to be yeah. you know you're going to be trading that pick away because there's going to be nothing you want. So it's been a terrible, terrible decision. But Saquon's a great player, you know, um, but it wasn't what you needed. Well, no. it is what you needed, but it probably wasn't worth that pick. No. Sorry, John. You, you've beaten the 49ers and the Bucks both. Oh yeah, yeah. Bad teams this, but, but, this year. Yeah, I know it's not great, but. Hey, last yeah. year we wouldn't have beat the 49ers. No, we lost the 49ers so. last year. How that said, right? This is how good Barkley is. So only two players of 100 plus scrimmage yards in nine of their first ten games, and the wasn't one that isn't Saquon Barkley is Eric Dickerson. So he's going to be brilliant. He really is. Uh, I do worry about your draft position. You win two more games, you're in so much trouble. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Doesn't make a massive amount of difference just because the quarterbacks coming into yeah. the 2019 draft aren't. Great. They're not great, are they? Like they're, you you might see in terms of kind of actual player quality. There's probably no quarterbacks that will get in the top 32, but they'll go in the in the first round because teams are overpriced at quarterbacks. So someone will go, but the best option is probably is to trade down and pick one of those up. Would uh, either of the Giants fans at this table take Jameis? Because no, he's basically no. auditioning now for a career. For the, he, the, he's got six games, I think now to either stay in Tampa, which I don't think is going to happen, or be picked up by someone else. Well, we've already got Eli, who's an interception machine. <laughs> yeah. So why would I bring in a younger, more expensive interception machine? Would you take a risk on Teddy Bridgewater? Yes. Because I think he is a risk still. I, I'd, I'd take him. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have Teddy than, than Jameis. Cause I, a, I don't think he's a risk. I think Teddy's a great idea. If you can, if you can get him, I think that's, that's he's a risk. Good. He's a risk with, an in, with that injury. You yeah, know, but he's but been, he's been practicing fine. The Saints have had nothing but good things to say about him. I do wonder. I, I said to John earlier this week. I think if the Saints win the Super Bowl, Breeze retires anyway, and then Teddy is is there because why would he not go out on top? Because he's still got that uh, uh, touchdown record to beat. I think he's on par cl- to beat that. If you if you if you're close, you don't go a year early. If he plays another year, he's he's the I best know, yeah, quarterback there of, I mean, of all he's, time. He's going to be forty in January or forty later this year. Going through a whole extra kind of off season, the whole rigmarole of that at that age, just to beat a touchdown record. And when he's got two Super Bowls, he's probably going to be MVP this year. He's got so many other records that you know why would would you would you bother? If you're that close, I don't see. I don't. See, I don't I'm honestly. I suppose taking John's point, he could play the first four games of next season and then go fuck it, I'm off. <laughs> but no, if you're that close, you 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 wouldn't you just be gutted that you know oh, well, I, I finished I finished 15 below Peyton and I could have but been at some point, the best of all you. time. Somebody's going to beat you because the league is going that way. Well, yeah, but yeah, next year. <laughs> yeah, but give them the chance to do that then. Don't then finish short. Then go. Well, you know, I could have been it. Records but. and stats are for people like us. The players are not bothered. They just want to win the Super Bowl. That's what I believe. 
I'm sure, but yeah, well, well, we'll see. Uh, let's. Uh, we discussed uh, earlier in the year most uh, the Titans and the Chargers met at Wembley and the two-point decision. And uh, this week, Riverboat won. He uh, gambled on the Panthers late late in the game to get an away win. Uh, did uh, what do you guys make of that call? Do you still? So it was sort of mixed at the time when uh, when uh, the Tetons went for it. What did you think of uh, giving Cam the chance to win the game rather than taking it into uh, overtime? I don't like these calls, if I'm honest with you. Um, they've just re- reworked overtime to try and make it better and to try and make it quicker. Um, and I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand, you know, um, if you if you think you can deliver two points, you know, why not try it in the middle of the game? So why wait till that last play? If, if you think that your team is good enough and your special teams is good enough to get a two-point play, why not do it in the second quarter? Then you're that point ahead, aren't you? You get the opposition thinking, I don't understand why you make that call with 30 seconds to go. I complete, That's what I don't get. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think that there's either he's, he lacks confidence in Graham Gano who missed a kick early in the, in the game. And, you know, Graham Gano has been one of the best kickers in, in the league for a good few years. Or he lacks confidence in, in his defence that they can't stop Matt Stafford and the Detroit Lions. And Stafford has had, didn't have a great game. The Lions weren't putting a ton of points on, on the Panthers. So I think, you know, take the take the extra point. But there has, been, there, there has been a couple of teams that have done yeah, two-point so, conversions in the middle of the games for no real reason, just to get that eight points ahead. Was it the Steelers used to do it a fair bit? Yeah, the Steelers and, did. And I get it. I really I quite like that. If you think you're on top of that defence at that moment, then exploit it. At the key crunch time when you could give yourself a chance to still win that game and, you know, different ways to win that game. I don't understand why you just go for one shot. Yeah. One shot. I, I think the other issue I take with it is that Cam Newton obviously wasn't a hundred percent fit at that point either. He'd gone off injured in the in the third quarter. He came. He'd come back on, but he, you know, looking at watching that play, he had so much time in the pocket. Normally, if you give Cam Newton six seconds in the pocket, he's off and running. And he, you know, it was only very late on that that receiver came open. I think he would have been if he was fully fit. He would have ran for that, um, and that should have been part of of Riviera's um, consideration. I think the thing that I like Don Riviera. Yeah, but Ron Riviera. yeah, who's Don? I'm sure you said Don. Italian <laughs> <laughs> you, you've made that one up, Griff. Sorry, you never said that. Ron Riviera. Uh, it was the Riviera bit. Yeah. I was actually taking issue with. I, I think looking at the backup who came in for Cam when he was injured, I like that he's still got a better QBR than Nate Beatman. Yes, Tyler Heineken. Yeah, Heineke. Yeah, no, I never heard of him either. Um, I thought I absolutely agree with you. Cam only had two rushing yards on the night, uh, but it was his fifth straight game with a 100-plus passer rating, which is the longest streak of his career. So I can understand why they called it and went for it with the pass, but I think that... I I, I felt like the Lions knew he's not going to rush here. So we can just hold off, and six seconds is the longest he had all game to make a pass, and they just covered everybody. All right, the receiver did get open, but... Cam just hurtled the ball out and didn't really stand a chance of catching it. So I, I would agree. I think uh, Ron Riviera made a bad call and should have gone for the points and then got one stop on the Lions and, and gone for it in overtime. It's a situational thing. I liked it earlier in the season when Vrabel and Frank Reich went for it because it was to 
set their team up for the season and to an extent that's worked both of those teams have done well, certainly the Colts since they they did that have done well I don't I don't think this was a necessary gamble it was a gamble for the sake of it and and it, it didn't pay off uh, you know I, I think it's a shame because the Panthers were on a bit of a roll up to this point but the, Rivera cost them the game I was watching Red Zone and my wife was in the room when that happened and I she watched that play and just what did they just lose the game doing that yeah, that's stupid, isn't it? <laughs> I think if somebody who has very little exposure to the NFL realizes that's stupid, then it's stupid. I think it's especially stupid where we, you know, before these last two games, we were thinking the Panthers could feasibly challenge the Saints for for the NFC South. They're not really in that now. They have to beat the Saints twice and also help hope that the Saints lose another game, which, let's be honest, is looking very unlikely at the moment. So they've basically throwing away their chances of of getting a, getting the division win and they have to rely on, on the wild card now so yeah a stupid decision all around did uh, did anyone at this table think that Matt Stafford would currently have a higher pass rating on the season than his career average because I thought he'd been pretty poor this season Stafford. is this so? Stafford. Stafford but a 93.2 rating for the year above his average of 88.6 for his career he's been alright he's just Getting hit more than ever. It's. I, I don't think. I don't think it's a knock on him. He's just getting smashed, uh, quite with more regularity than he's been before. I think a lot of it as well of that is down to the fact that Lions were pretty bad for a, a lot of seasons previously. Yeah. Um, they had a playoff run a couple of years ago, and they've not been brilliant this year. Far from it, really. Um, but you know, Stafford has been better because he's not consistently having to throw to one receiver all the time. I think also the receiving options for the Lions have been poor, especially with Tate traded out. I mean, wh- what have they got? Uh, Golladay Johnson's injured, so yeah, Golladay is, is their leading receiver now. Could we just say what a catch by Golladay? Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is what I mean. This is why I was impressed and surprised to see that he's like five and a half points or whatever above his his average as a passer. Uh, the Lions only gave up one sack in this game, having conceded 19 in the previous three. So he was hit a lot less in this game. Uh, hopefully, they're over their, their problems installing what Matt Patricia wants to do. But I don't think week to week you can tell me which Lions team is going to turn up because half the time they look dreadful. Yeah, um, and he, yeah, the staff may be playing better, but trust what, what's their record? I can't see. Four and six. So yeah, uh, then he might be playing better, but the team aren't. So what's no, the point? and if on Johnson misses significant time with this knee injury, they're in trouble because Theo Riddick is a catching back only, and the Garrett Blunt only does anything from four yards out. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, before we move on to. Uh, the, the Phil, Gary's filthy fantasies. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Roethlisberger having uh, a rough night. Um, so uh, he became a hero at the end when he refused to take no for an answer. He pushed hard and really thrusted it home to snatch a victory. Um, but um, yeah, he the it was a tale sort of tale of two halves for both teams really. The Jags were great in the first half. Uh, and then Steelers, you know, obviously came back uh, at the end. I mean, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to say it's a significant win because I'll just see all your eyes roll. Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best the Jags' defense had played since week two, and they still managed to throw it away. 
and they did throw it away because all they had to do was get one stop. They the Jags did not do much throwing at all this Sunday. <laughs> no, not at all. It also coincided with AJ Boye coming back for the Jags defense, which means that they've now got two good cornerbacks. So it is going to be difficult to throw against them moving forward. And you know, Roethlisberger had that issue in the first half where I think the Jags had more t- more catches from him than, than some of his receivers. Um, so yeah, I think the the bigger issue is the the imbalance between the offense in in, uh, in Jacksonville where. Blake Bortles only asked to throw 18 times. Normally that'd be great, but they weren't getting that much from, from their running game. So Fournette ended with an average of three and a half yards per run. Yeah, Not so great. I think this is more about the Jags than the Steelers. The Jags have just imploded. I think they believe their own hype. It's a real shame to see what was a quality defense appear to be just lost. Um, and that was the largest blown lead since week three in 2011. Really? They had a 16-point lead and they blew it. Well, yeah. So the that only, is, and they should have been able to just run the ball with Fournette. 16 points. Yeah, they shouldn't be giving up. They only win this team since week five as well. It's it, they've, they, Like Gary says, they've imploded. It, it's bad. And we've seen, was it Ramsey this week was on, on Twitter saying, you know, you'll miss me when I'm gone. And you think, well, really? I mean, he looks, don't get me wrong, he played brilliantly. He had, what, two interceptions on targets yeah. to Antonio Brown. He only gave up 32 yards on eight targets. But, you get the feeling none of these players really get on with each other. That's what you're starting to see. And Doug Marone doesn't seem to have an answer for it. They don't look cohesive like they did last season. And that's a problem. I will say, though, defending Blake Balls for a second, four games in a row without a pick. Just saying. I think you've got to give some credit here to the Steelers' defence. And one person in particular for me is TJ Watt, who I think is somebody who... Obviously, because his brother is phenomenal, possibly doesn't get some of the credit he deserves. Two forced fumbles and two sacks in this game. If you had anybody would want a player giving those sorts of stats. Yeah, he's having a, he's having a great season this year. I think you're right. The Steelers' defense is getting back to where it traditionally was. Um, but the offense, I think, is, is still amazing. I said last week that I think that I agree with you, Griff. This dressing room is... I think starting to cause massive problems. There was a rumour that came out before the game that Ramsey might be traded at the end of the year. I think Ramsey on his day is probably one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, if not the best. Um, I think if they're going to trade him, then that's a massive red flag for me because there's there's obviously a, a problem there with his personality. I think teams are going to be wary about bringing him into a dressing room. Um, I don't know. I think he's, what, 23? He's at 24? Yeah. And he's on a rookie contract. If If... If he is available to trade this summer, there will be 31 teams interested in trading for him. I'm not sure there will. Because why would you trade someone that good on a rookie contract? There's an issue there. It's the same with Marcus Peters last year. When he got traded to the Rams, we all said, we all wondered why. We all knew he was a good player, but he'd had that issue when he was playing the Jets where he threw the flag back into the crowd and ran out ran out of the game Suckless. and ran back and stuff. <laughs> Um, I can see the same type of thing happening at Ramsey. He believes his own hype, and there is a lot of, about, but there's obviously an issue there with him and some of the other other team members in, on that defence. I mean, you make a good point by comparing to Peters, because they're both arseholes. <laughs> um, Paul, do you want to know something significant? Go, oh, please. Last yeah, time the Steelers, Steelers were 7-2-1 was 1974, and they won the Super Bowl. There you go. There's your significant fact of the week. They ain't going to win it this year. <laughs> See, I don't know. They're, they're, I think they're fast turning into probably the second best team yeah. in, the, in the AFC at the moment. It slightly worries me because I'm not a Steelers fan at all, but they do look 
like this is a game they'd have lost last year. I think they're more well-rounded than Kansas are. So yeah. they've, like we said, they've got a defense that is actually working quite well. They've obviously got an offense which is working well. Um, you know, it wouldn't be a surprise to see them win the AFC. I would agree. I would take them right now over New England. I think New England can't score, uh, and that is, would be the same. I would take the Chiefs over New England, but I would take the Steelers' defense over the Chiefs. So at the moment, for me, if you were just ranking the top three or top four, if you like, on the AFC side, I'd say uh, Steelers, Chiefs, Patriots, and whoever comes out of the AFC South at the moment, probably the Texans. Although I think the Colts are probably a better team. Yeah. with Andrew Luck right now. So I think the Steelers have really turned it around and I think the settling of the Le'Veon Bell issue might be the catalyst for them to go on and, and go deep into the playoffs because now they know we're not waiting <laughs> for him. He's not going to come in and be disruptive. So their next fixtures, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Patriots, Saints. That's two big games and they finish with the with a win at the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if what is it? Weeks 15 and 16, they play the Patriots and the Saints consecutive games. That's, that's hard work. They've got the Patriots at home uh, and then they're away at the Saints. But if they win either of those games, you, you're going to see a team absolutely filled with confidence for the playoffs. And yeah, the challenge from the Ravens and the Bengals has not materialised in the AFC North. No. Week four, we were sitting here saying, well, the Ravens or the Bengals could take this. It's not going to happen. If, why, why were we confident in the Bengals? Come on. Yeah, that's, that's they a question. Good, but they, they, are, they were 4-1 and one, and they are now 5-5, five and five, Bengals. But the Dolphins were 3-0 and oh, and they're shit. <laughs> because when AJ Green is back the Bengals are still a force yeah. and that is why and the Ravens um, I, I think um, you're going to see a head coach change there at the oh, end of the definitely. season that is done absolutely I agree They're, they've underachieved for what the last five years since winning the Super Bowl they, they've not been good since then have you seen the, the Ravens schedule for the rest of the year no go on Raiders win Falcons lose <laughs> Chiefs Losing. Bucks win. Chargers Browns. It's win. So they got three or four winnable. They got games. three or four winnable games still. So that might be enough. If they get to nine wins, they're probably a wild card. If they yeah. don't get to nine, they probably aren't a wild card. And and the Bengals could easily get to nine as well. So they, we we said all along they could both make it as the wild card team. But I think the rise of the Colts has eliminated the chance of two teams coming out of this division into the wild card. I, I think the Colts will overhaul one of them. They are the, the Colts are the best five and five team out there right now by a mile. Yeah. Um did you want to see the Connor drop just before oh, the it was end. great. <laughs> I was uh I was about to tweet, oh Bell would have scored then and then just uh yeah, the, then the Ben s- snuck it in at the end to win. I think that race for the wild card the AFC could get really, really interesting now. So obviously the charges are there, like you so say the Colts and Texans, I think, are going to end up slugging out the AFC South. But I think both of them could go out. And like we said, anything could happen in, in the AFC North as well. It's only really the, the East, which the Patriots are going to romp home and the Dolphins will probably fall off a cliff. That is, that, that's the one division where you're not going to see a playoff contender. Cool. Well, um, should we get into Gilo's Filthy Fantasies? Mm, nice. Gilo, it's that time. We want to ask you to share some fantasies with us. Uh, and uh, what's uh, what's the topic for this week, Gilo? Um, well, yeah. So there was a bit of controversy last week in our uh, 
in our fancy league and um, and I think it was important that we address trades um, so well there's a couple of bits to get through first before we uh, before we go on to that dunk um, but yeah so obviously it's Thanksgiving this week so um, hope all our American friends there seem to be less of you these days so I'm not sure what that's about but um, you know we still hope you enjoy your holidays um, we're very big in California and especially San Francisco and the 49ers suck this year like really badly so I'm possibly I think they might have other things on their mind yeah, right now as well exactly. so um, but it's just worth noting there are three games on Thursday. they were warm it's fucking freezing isn't it I'll be honest <laughs> it, it with it you it is freezing tonight Paradise City looks quite yeah. alright at the moment it's fucking cold in here Anyway, um, but yeah, so Thursday night, there's an early game as well. So um, in terms of your fantasy, make sure that you don't forget there is a 5.30 kickoff on Thursday. You could easily um, bench a play that you want to play, so please look at that. Um, and then, yeah, so I thought we'd have a, a, a bit of a chat about trades. So um, this year, there's probably been more trading in our league than there's ever been before. Um, and I suppose um, we thought it'd be good to have a look at what are the merits of trading you know, and when you should try and do it, I suppose. So, um, yeah, so I had a look back at some of the trades that have been done in the league this year. Um, a few have been proposed, not that many have gone through, but still more than normal. So, um, they can be worth it if you have a need at a certain position and somebody else is overloaded in that position. So, uh, myself and Jim did a trade earlier in the year. Um, we swapped Adrian Peterson for Kenny Golladay. So I'd look at their points scored for the year. AP's on 127. Golladay's about 105 for the year. So, and actually since the trade went through, they're about even as well. So they've kind of, that's kind of worked out for both of us. And we actually played each other this week. I lost, but they both scored around 17 points. So they were they were pretty much average again. Um, there's been some, some pretty pointless ones as well. So... Um, <laughs> Myself and John um, did a did a trade with with Darnold and Derek Henry going one way for Rivers and CJ Anderson going the other. So, you know, Super Bowl winning thousand yard yeah. rusher CJ Anderson. And, and look, you know, that I was think an amazing trade. It really has worked out very well. I, I think this how many year, of those players are now on waivers in Ali? Uh, three. <laughs> um, <laughs> Henry and CJ Anderson never made the game weekend. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I had Henry for a week, but. Um, yeah, look, essentially, th- th- some of these trades happen quite early on, and the draft was quite difficult this year in terms of um, Le'Veon Bell really um, throwing some people's drafts out. So um, I think that definitely affected some people, needed to go out and draft at the start of the season. And actually, it shows sometimes you need to take a risk because Duncan, to be fair to him, did offer me, Will F- he wanted Will Fuller and Bell for James Connor. And I said no. So about three weeks later, I dropped Will Fuller, and then he then he went on injured reserve. And obviously, Bell hasn't come back and played all season. To be fair, that is the most generous trade Duncan has offered all season. Um, and you know, if you're in a position where you don't need to win games, so Duncan's doing well in our league this year. He doesn't need to trade players away, but those players that are um, lower in the league. I think you know you can try and get some value out of them. So that's that's definitely one thing. Try and you know trade away your bench if you already believe you're strong. And then the other thing you can definitely do is most people will not trade unless they're stupid like Chase giving Thielen to Duncan for a quarterback. There's 32 quarterbacks, Chase. Yeah, that is mental. <laughs> like, 
like you just gave away the title. Jim is going to kill you, um, and he's he's bigger than you, so he really is going to kill you. Um, but most people will not trade away their top one or two, you know, draft picks. They just won't do it. It's just not not worth it. What you find is people that are in your flex, people that go on a on a hot run that you just won't expect to be that good. If you can trade them away when they're really hot, then sometimes you can get really good value out of them. I don't want to mind. Uh, I think week one, your first fantasy tip was that this year defense is really really important, and he traded away the Bears. Like what a dick? <laughs> did he? Did he really? He traded in that in that trade. He traded away the Bears. Yeah, so he, he traded the Bears and Thielen for Mahomes and Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. Do you know what I mean that is just it's just crazy? And you know these players might do okay for a couple of weeks, but that you know <laughs> Thielen and the Bears. Duncan, if Duncan doesn't win the league this year, you know. Uh, yeah, it's just be crazy. But you know, fair play to Duncan. He suggested the trade. He saw some needs that that Chase had. He knew that Chase would go after that glory signing of Mahomes because you know he's the new thing. He's throwing all these touchdowns. He's scoring twenty five points. Yeah, but so are about ten other quarterbacks. Like you really don't need to be trading for a quarterback. I find it really strange. You need to be. You know, if you're going to trade real value away, it's got to be for. You know, wide receivers or running backs. I just don't understand why you would do anything other than that. But um, I think trades are interesting. I think they they add a bit of feistiness to the league. Some people take them a little bit too seriously. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, it is what it is. You know, but it's a good laugh, and it, you know, um, I think it adds a little bit of extra spice. What do you boys think? I agree. There's a lot more interaction, and I know we have a WhatsApp group with with the whole league, and there's uh, there's a lot of banter going on there, and. You know, a lot of people getting upset when we propose silly trades that obviously are very unrealistic and never going to get accepted. I'm I'm upset because uh, no, one, no one ever no one ever proposes trades to me, which makes me think that my team's shit. But my team is shit, and I'm getting trade offers every week. <laughs> people Pick, are des- the bare bones off the carcass. I hear people are desperate to get Brown and Ertz off me. Oh, I, I will uh, take. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> not this week. One point five fucking points. It's 1.5 more points than my tight end got. Fair enough. And my tight end is on currently on uh, injured reserve apparently now. So, uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Although, I, f- I fucked up this weekend because I, uh, I left Ty Hilton on the bench. 27.5 points. And the Rams defence. I didn't play the Rams defence because they were playing the Chiefs. And uh, they got 25 fucking points. Yeah, but there was no defence in that game. Yeah, no defence in that one. Uh, yeah. Anyone? Anyone else uh, got anything to raise fantasy-wise? Or should we just? I think there's a lot of people who have the Rams. There's a lot of people who have Rams players, and the Rams are on by for the yeah, upcoming this could week. Be an yeah, interesting week for that as well. So I've got Todd Gurley. Um, luckily, um, someone traded me Adrian Peterson, and I picked up Philip Lindsay, so I should be okay. Just remember, if you've traded for Mahomes, he's now on by this week. So uh, yeah, just to just to warn you, Dick. And I got a. <laughs> And I love that <laughs> he traded for Phelan and he just fell off a cliff. Well, Phelan's um, Phelan is struggling with an injury, so it's he. But he was, maybe, he's maybe crass. it was just like a really savvy trade. It is. I think. Think. I think he's been very good there, Duncan. Well done. Uh, we only we only take we only mention it because we fucking hate hate Perry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen to this. It's fine. Um, anymore. 
<laughs> so uh, Thanksgiving uh, this week. So those three Thursday games, of course, Rams Chiefs on a bye. Um, so, and I want to know locks. So, Gila, uh, no Griff, you've been quite quiet for a little bit. Let's, uh, let's have a let's have a lock for you. Uh, I will take. Ooh, Jim's moving the screen up and down, so I can't read it quick enough. You want, you want a Thursday night one? Or Doesn't matter, any uh, game take, weekend. You like. Okay, all right. Uh, I will say that the Lions are going to beat the Bears. I think that's uh, I think that's that's the first game on Thursday because Ooh. the Bears have only had 80-odd hours between games. It's the shortest ever turnaround since they started recording turnaround times. So I think the Bears might get beaten there. I, I know the Lions played late as well, but they're at home. So I, I'm just I'm just gonna instead of going for an easy one, I'm gonna say the Lions beat the Bears. That is uh, uh, that's a that's a that's a pick there. So yeah, okay, uh, Jim, as you're sat next to Griff, makes sense. Um, I'm gonna go a match between two teams that could potentially be battling for a wild card place. Um, I'm gonna take the Panthers over the Seahawks. Okay, uh, fourth and inches. There is some tight games with some shit teams in the upcoming week. <laughs> there, there, yeah, there are, actually. In terms of my pick for tight shit, I'm going to take the Browns beating the Bengals. In the Hugh Jackson Bowl. Absolutely. Uh, cool. I, I, I was going to go for that one, so I've got to think of something else. Gila? I'm going to go for the Texans to beat the Titans. I think that would be quite a close game, though, but I do think the Texans will win, and that should pretty much seal them the division. Yeah, it's quite cool. a big game that is. And I'm going to go Vikings over Packers. Uh, Just to put the nail in the coffin of the yeah. Packers playoff hopes. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'll be, so it'll be a good night from then. If, the if Browns Bengals game yep. is coming up. So this week we had the third highest ever scoring game. That last night's game. You know, the Browns Bengals is the second highest ever scoring game on November 28, 2004. Uh, there was 106 combined points in that game and what would you love to see in this game another high score I don't think they can get close we don't know if AJ Green's going to play he's not down to start is he uh, because of the short week but just saying the, the Browns technically hold the second or hold participation in the second highest scoring game of all time and I think the Browns actually won it if, if you're looking for what I want to see I want Duke Johnson to score 12 touchdowns <laughs> <laughs> why is that because he's all I've got <laughs> Why did the Rams have to go on a bye? <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I think that's, although no Denzel Ward for the Browns this week, I believe he's injured, um, which might help. Cancels out the AJ Green being away though. Yeah, still, let's uh, still be a good Browns defence. Um, anyway, uh, any any fact, any uh, stats, facts, performances that you really like this weekend? Uh, Here was my favourite. Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards became the first rookie quarterback running back duo with 100 yards each in the same game since 1970. And I bet neither of, nobody at this table thought those two would each have 100 yards. I mean, I didn't even know who Gus Edwards was. Never heard no, of him. No. But, uh, yeah, so I thought that was quite good. Uh, Beng- Bengals in that game, 265 rushing yards conceded, which was their most since 2001. Nice. That, that defense has fallen apart. I mean, getting Hugh Jackson there is not going to solve anything, right? Nobody here. But well, we get to see his offensive master plan. Yeah, but when the Browns beat the Bengals this week, it's going to be embarrassing for him, isn't it? Yeah, 
and hilarious. <laughs> and uh, Jackson um, had to most runs by a quarterback, I think, in, in ever. In, in st- 27 rushing attempts was the most by five over who? The previous record holder for most rushing attempts from quarterback was who with 22? I'm not going to pronounce his name or Russell Wilson. Uh, oh, oh no, it's not. You, you're talk, I can say it. You're talking about Michael Vick. No, I was, no, I was talking about Mr. Um, the guy called Colin, who's currently having issues. Colin with Colin Kaepernick. That's the fellow. Yeah, no, it wasn't him. It wasn't Russell Wilson, and it wasn't Michael Vick. <laughs> Sid Luckman. Much like Kaepernick, this guy liked to take a knee. Is it Scott Tolzien? It is not. It's uh, it's Tebow. I know this fact because we talked about it earlier. But yeah, he. Uh, there you go. We briefly mentioned it uh, earlier, but um, the Colts are continuing their march, and Andrew Luck is continuing his march to comeback player of the year. He's now gone five games without a sack. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? Which, when you consider how bad that offensive line was in Indianapolis, that's pretty effective. Um, and also, Darius Leonard, presumably the defensive rookie of the year, um, seven tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and an interception. Just all, all in a day's work. Not bad. So uh, this is something I was talking to John about. Tony Romo, Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton all have better away winning percentages than Aaron Rodgers. That, <laughs> I, was, I was a bit stunned to find that. Rodgers now lost seven in a row on the road, which is his longest career losing streak. Uh, I'm not... Well, we, I think we're done with the Packers. I don't think they're getting into the playoffs. Uh, Duncan texted us this week to say that's our season done. I think he's thrown in the towel and and rightly so. So uh, bye bye to uh, Mike McCarthy. He will be out oh, of there yeah. pretty quickly. Um, Jackson had more rushing yards in college than seventeen of the last eighteen running backs taken in the first round. That is how good he is as a rusher. That's, that's just a little insane thing that I saw this week as well. Um, the Bucks could become just the fourth team since 1970 to lead the league in offense and turnovers in the same season. <laughs> 23 turnovers. That's what they've given away. So they had more offense last week against the Redskins than the Rams had yesterday against the Chiefs. They scored three points and the Rams scored 54 points. Bye-bye, Dirk Cutter. Couldn't I, agree more. I think also with the Rams-Chiefs game, there was 14 touchdowns in that game. Yep. More than the Bills have scored all season. 13 for the Bills. It's going well. Um, what links Dan Marion, as I've written here, Dan Marino, Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck? Uh, all very good quarterbacks. They are the only three quarterbacks with 160 or more passing touchdowns in their first 80 games. So Andrew Luck, uh, right up there with, well, two presumable Hall of Famers. One is and one will be. So you know, I think it's fair to say he is going to be comeback player of the year. Um, the Colts' defence had 20 takeaways last year, and they're already up to 19 this season. So that has drastically helped as well. Uh, and, and what did mention it? But what did everybody think of Mariota being knocked out of the game? Is this going to be a big problem for the Titans moving forward? If you saw the Gabbert's interception, that was the worst interception of the season. <laughs> Yeah, I think he, he went out of the game. They were already 24-0 down. I just think they didn't bring him back, so they, they didn't have any hope that they'd actually get anything out of the game. You uh, you laughed at me earlier because I sneaked in the stat about the Patriots having the best 
uh, record for something. Uh, Luck is 10-0 and in his career versus the Titans. Only John Elway has a similar record over one opponent. He was 10-0 and against the Patriots. So there you go. I've evened it up with a, a stat about how bad we can be. Um, I thought... Is it? <laughs> yeah, well, we, we can be bad at the time. David Johnson, 137 rushing yards. Rosen, 136 passing yards. Johnson is that team still. We must we forget him every week because the Cardinals are so terrible. But he's doing good things. And another player on that team, a terrible team that's doing good things, is Chandler Jones. Thirty-seven point five sacks since he joined the Cardinals in twenty sixteen. Aaron Donald only has thirty-three point five in the same time, and he's second. Aaron Donald has eight this season already, and is a contender for defensive player of the year. Khalil Mack seems to be getting all of the applaud it but actually Aaron Donald is a monster and and is playing as well as if not better than anybody else on a defense but have you seen that clip of Chandler Jones breaking the like the tackling machine that they have no I have not it's that's worth a that's worth a google just to see the fear in the coach's eyes (laughs) afterwards Uh, Paul when was the last time the Broncos had consecutive losing seasons yeah, seventy-one, seventy-two was the last time. That's a, that's a long old time to go without consecutive losing seasons. Uh, the Rivers Gates connection has now accrued eighty-nine touchdowns. Only Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison have a better connection with one hundred and twelve touchdowns between the two of them. So I just thought that was a, an interesting thing to throw out. And I, and I'll, I'll finish uh, with one more. Uh, no team has previously scored 40-plus points in six of their first games since the merger in 1970 until the Saints did it this year. There you go. They're a monster team. They're pretty good. Um, anyway, it's uh, time for us to take a knee, so thank you for listening. As hit us up on social media. Of course, we're on Twitter at Belichick's World uh, and www.billbelichick'sworld.com where Jim uh, in in mainly is uh, writing articles uh, for that um, but yeah come say hello leave a review um, spread the word you know we need we need to we need the iTunes reviews to get any sort of traction on that platform uh, and you never know you know you know uh, but you know we uh, as always it's uh, Bill Belichick's world we just live in it so it's a good night from us and we'll see you next week have a happy happy Thanksgiving <laughs>